This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the EPL Betting Weekly podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Uh, as always, uh, lots of great Premier League football to look ahead to this weekend. And I'm delighted to say that joining me uh, to share their picks and their thoughts and their knowledge are the brilliant. First up, Nigel Seeley. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good week last week uh, in the Premier League. Um, I had a clean sweep, 3-0, and which was really good. But uh, I'm really disappointed Champions League. I'm not on four. So you're only as good as your last bet, they say. So uh, <laughs> I'm, at the moment, I'm not doing very well. But uh, good on the on the Premier League last week. It was a good week for both me and uh, Jack. And I, I was so gutted. I could have had the 3-3. Three, three. Oh, I thought I had, the, I, had I thought I had the 3-3 three, three in the Arsenal-Liverpool game. There was one bit. Just when Arsenal went 3 till up, Liverpool went down the other end and they squared the ball back. And I think if Mano had been there, he'd run on to tap it, but he wasn't there. And they, that was the chance. <laughs> I thought we had the 3-3 three, three at 48-1, to one, which would have been lovely. I can't say I've got any sympathy for you on that. <laughs> Not me. But the rest of them, <laughs> maybe. Uh, also joining us, Jack Wright. Jack, how are you, my friend? Yeah, very good, mate. Yes, I was grateful Marnie wasn't there to finish that off. So at least I ended on a two and one last uh, last week and uh, and did sort of my part of the bargain, a little bit of, a little bit of profit, not quite a clean sweep. I keep just falling short on that one, but uh, I'll keep knocking away, knocking on the door and uh, eventually it'll open. So we're on the right lines, but uh, all good. Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks to you. Yeah, all good. You always all ask good. him how well he is. I like that. He's very polite. I don't really care. No, no he's one ever if Arsenal win and he's not happy if Arsenal don't win. So at the moment, he's going to be very happy. Yeah, I know, I know when to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about the children or the missus or anything like that. His whole week determines what goes on at the Emirates. Absolutely. I have to sit and talk about what happens at the Emirates for the entire week. To the missus and the kids. That much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys, let's bring everybody up to speed uh, with where we are in terms of our season so far. And you can get a glimpse at the other leagues as well in which we're currently operating. Uh, thanks to our fancy new graphic. Oh, uh, look at that. Look at that. The Betting yeah. Weekly Handicappers League tables. At the moment, you can see that the boys in League 1 are leading the way. Uh, EFL um, is in second. Uh, we're quite far down the table at the moment but it's been quite a good far. turnaround Nigel quite, quite quite far hang on a minute we're mid-table let's say mid-table. <laughs> we're not even mid-table well we are you know we're mid, mid, mid-table-ish but I'm from uh, Norwich that looks like mid-table yeah, to me mid-table. we're not in the relegation zone are we you know we're in the bottom <laughs> three we're mid-table but uh Jack Jack is obviously involved in the EFL show there so he's doing very very well indeed uh Steve and uh, James Easton leading the way on that on the French football there. But when you consider the start we had, we started week one in the Premier League with eight picks and not one of them won. So we're minus eight units from week one. So we've, we've recovered 7.64 units, which will take, which would essentially take us into a Champions League spot, wouldn't it, really? So uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite steadily moving up, not losing yeah. too much. 0.32, we'll take that. Good week this week in plus money, and then we'll just move up the table. Flash the form table up. Yeah, that's what we are. We haven't got one of those yet. 
<laughs> but if we're talking about uh, obviously Jack's uh, positive involvement, obviously in the EFL stuff and the EPL is where it is, that suggests that Nigel, you're the one not pulling your weight, mate. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I've had two sweets. That's why you polite I've at the start of shows. Two, that's why I don't ask him how he is. Uh, I, 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 I have had two sweeps on this show. My the one that I've let the side down is the Champions League. I must admit, I've let the side. I've been on it twice and haven't had one winner in eight picks. I think so. Uh, I, I, that's the one I do hold my hands up to. Uh, I, I think I'm. I think I'm playing my my party. But anyway, it's not about me. It's teamwork. Team. There's no. Right. There's no eye in team, Harry. No eye in team. It. You're right, to be fair. You're right. Okay, uh, let's get into it then. Um, let's start looking ahead to this weekend's action. Uh, let's come to you, Nigel, uh, for your first pick, um, which involves uh, Wolves at Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I think we both agree with uh, this pick, the first one, so we're going to get that one over and done with. Um, it's no surprise when Wolves play or anything we've done here. It's the only time that I've said to you in the past I've actually liked going to Ikea um, when Wolves play. So uh, I'm looking at this game here now and I'm thinking this is, this is again going to be a typical Wolves match. I mean, no side in the Premier League has scored fewer goals than Wolves, just three matches already this season. No team at home have scored less goals than Wolves. Uh, they've scored two. Forest are the lowest scorers road team on the road with only one. They have conceded an awful lot of goals, but you've got to remember they're playing Wolves. I've looked at Wolves matches this season and I've looked at the breakdown, looked at the XG. Last week they played Chelsea. They lost 3-0. They didn't have a, they didn't have anything. They didn't create a chance. They would still be playing now. They wouldn't, wouldn't have scored. Mm-hmm. Diego Costa come off the game. I mean, if you're relying on Diego Costa to score the goals for you in the way he is at the moment, the way his physical shape is at the moment, you're in trouble. And Wolves are in big, big trouble at the bottom of the table. Um, then they sacked their manager. Obviously, uh, Julian Lopetegui was supposed to be going in as manager. Um, he's found his father's not very well, so he's to hunt them down, which is a huge blow for them. So they're looking for a new manager. Talk about Nuno going back, uh, potentially, which some of the Wolves fans are happy with. Some of them aren't. They're a club going backwards. And I feel that Wolves were a side that I never could get a handle on them uh, for many seasons. And I have now decided to get a handle on them. I want to fade them at all costs. I think they're a very, very poor side. Uh, I mean, they're minus 145 to win this game, which is, if you, if you if anybody who's in their right mind wants to bet Wolves at minus 145, well, you can have my telephone number. You can call me or WhatsApp me. You can bet them with me. They may very rare, they might very easily win this game because Forrest do concede goals. But you couldn't back this side. They offer nothing. Nothing is an attacking threat whatsoever. We know how good they are defensively. We know how good they are. They're, they're hard to beat. And at home, they offer nothing. So um, I think in the relegation battle, two teams going at it, two teams... Uh, Sorry, two teams involved in a relegation battle. I don't think you'll see much happening in this game at all. I think the first half will be extremely cagey. And I think the best pick, which I think Jack will agree with me on, is under two and a half goals here at minus 125. I do have two plays in the game. I might as well give you my other pick as well. I think Jack can give you his argument for as well. And that is the usual one we do on this show every time Wolves play (laughs) games like this. And I've got to bet the draw at halftime. We've been really unlucky with 44-minute goals and 46-minute goals that have gone against us. But uh, at plus money, I will still bet that. I'll still bet it at plus 120. Um, they've drawn uh, three, uh, sorry, they've drawn four, four matches at home this season, drawn two of them. Uh, 21 matches last season at half time, they've drawn uh, in out of 38 games. So if you look at that season odds, the season, they should be minus money. And, and I've always said to this bet take out the lot times when they play Man City, take out the times when they play Liverpool, take out the time when they play Tottenham, Arsenal, all those kind of sides, and concentrate on the bottom half of the table. 
the draw in these games should be around about 66% chance of happening, which is about a minus 150. Each week you can get plus money and bet rivers of the best price here at plus 120. Forest have drawn three of their road games this season at halftime as well. And um, I just think it, the plus money, it's just a bet that is wrong. I think if everyone went up minus 110, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't play it. But at plus 120, it's a carrot that Bet Rivers keep dangling to me and I keep having to have a go on it. Jack, as Nigel mentioned, you agree with him on, on one of those plays. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, there's not much more to add. I think we've covered Wolves extensively there. Um, so I'll touch a little bit more on, on Forrest, um, who just seem to have um, changed their style a little bit. I think uh, Steve Cooper got his new contract a couple of weeks ago, which was a bit of a surprise, I think, to many after a, a real bad run of results saw them drop to the bottom of the league. Um, it was, I think it was a bit of a signal of intent to say that we've, we've got a longer term plan than a knee jerk reaction, whether they'll see that through if he continues to pick up um, or, or fail to pick up wins, we'll wait and see. But um, it, it just reminds me of a, a seven year old boy at Christmas at the moment. He's, he's got lots and lots of presents to play with. He's not sure which his favourite one is, which best ones, which order to play them in. Um, and I'm obviously talking about the fact they signed 23 players in, in the summer. And he's not quite sure of his best formation. He doesn't know his best striker, whether to play two up, one up, who's wide, even defensively, really, what going for. And, and tactics, they seem to change a bit for against Villa um, on Monday night. Sit a little bit deeper, be a little bit more pragmatic, which obviously suits this bet down to the ground. Uh, if it was a better side than Villa, I think on Monday night, they would have been beaten again. Um, I don't think Wolves are a better side than Villa. They're very similar. In fact, got you know Villa and Forest have got seven had seven goals for this season. They're the only sides that are well. The next two sides after Wolves, so they're all down there in the bottom on the on the bad matrix. Um, as far as the only thing you can say is that Forest do concede a lot of shots. But I did look at a stat this week which said that um, Wolves have got not surprisingly the lowest shot to goal conversion rate at one point nine percent, which is just ridiculous. Wow. So on that side of it. There's nothing more to add than the fact that this should be a stale, dull relegation scrap under 2.5 goals. Makes sense to me. And, uh, and yeah, the prices are very, very appealing. Uh, let's yeah. come back to you, Nigel. Fulham take on Bournemouth. Uh, it seems you've got a, a very different view on this particular game. Yeah, I think these two sides had a great season, really. Both of them, obviously, Bournemouth are both mine and Jack's picks to get relegated this season, and it hasn't really turned out that way. After the nil-nil, sorry, the nine-nil defeat by Liverpool, we were thinking, well, that's it, they're going to free-fall now the table. But since they're unbeaten since then, mm. Gary O'Neill's taken over, done an absolutely fantastic job, uh, interim manager. Got to get given the manager now, he's got to, uh, after the work he's done. Unbeaten in five matches. Changed it around a little bit, got a little bit more defensive-minded, but you could see the old Bournemouth sort of come out again against Leicester in their last game. We went overs last week in that game, purely and simply really for Leicester's stats rather than Bournemouth's stats. We knew that Bournemouth could go a bit expansive if they wanted to, but on the on the evidence of what we saw under O'Neill, they were a little bit more defensive-minded. But I feel that that now has shown that they can go and, and attack, and they've probably got the confidence now. They scored three goals against Leicester. Let's go and have a game. And I think Fulham and Bournemouth looks like, you know, if it was a boxing match, it'd be you'd want to watch the fight. It'd be a good fight. They both set themselves up quite well. They both played nice, attractive football. Lots of shots on target. Lots of goals scored already this season. And I think it's a nice mix. I mean, they played twice last season in the championship, both of them ending one ones. I remember one of them though could have been three, three, four, four. I remember watching it. it was in an unbelievable game. How it ended one one, I don't know. So for this bet, 
the bet I'm suggesting last season it would have lost on both occasions. But on this time around, I'm going to go for over two and a half goals, which is minus, it's minus 117. Fulham this season, nine matches in the Premier League, eight of them have cashed over uh, two and a half goals. Nine matches this season, eight of them have cashed on both teams to score. And we know that Man City, uh, sorry, we know that Bournemouth do obviously uh, concede a few goals, uh, as, we, as we've seen against a, a better opposition. Mitrovic uh, as, as, as kind of, sort of hasn't scored in the last couple of games, which is unbelievable. But Fulham have scored, which is great for them. Um, the other thing I would say about this game is in, in the Fulham matches, in eight of those nine matches, the one game that both teams have scored didn't cash and the one game that over two and a half didn't come, who was it against? Fulham v... Wolves. Wolves. <laughs> nil, nil. <laughs> so, that's, so that highlights the Wolves bet even more. So the only team that... The only, every time Fulham could play against everybody, but they couldn't break down Wolves. And Wolves failed to score against Fulham with all those shots that were off target. So yeah. every other game's gone over. Every other game's cashed. Uh, and the both teams have scored. And I think this will be an entertaining watch. I think this is definitely one for the for the purists and one for the for the sort of the neutrals to watch and, and have a watch a good game of football against two very evenly matched sides. Fulham's probably slightly edgy, but I think Bournemouth are doing a lot, lot better. And the, the incentive there is an, probably another win or another draw than the Gary O'Neill gets the job full-time. And I think he deserves it, even if they get beat through 2-0 two, two or 3-0 here. But I fancy goals. Over two and a half goals is the bet at minus 170. Nice one. Let's come back to Jack. Uh, let's turn our attentions to Crystal Palace against Leicester City. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I was very surprised to see that I could take Palace here, or we could take Palace here, a plus quarter goal. Um, so uh, minus one, one, two, the odds. And um, yeah, I, I was all over that, to be honest with you. Obviously seeing Leicester over the last, well, for the, for the season, and they've just been shocking. And I thought possibly that win against Forest a couple of weeks ago, the 4-0 was the turning point. Obviously, came after the international break. It was a bit of a reset. Massive result. Last home game, of course. So, uh, there's a little bit of caution in, in it. Um, but then Bournemouth, back to square one. Um, a 2-1 defeat. And there's just the traits that are there in this Leicester side, um, who I thought would do okay this season, are the traits of a side that, one, are struggling, which is obvious, but two, are a side that will continue to struggle and lightly go down. They're in severe, severe trouble of going down. Um, those traits being is that they, they get in front in games, they get in games, and then they lose it from those positions, which is just a, a terrible situation to be in. Um, they've lost 14 points from winning positions this season, which is crazy. And over the course of 2022, they lost 30 points from, from being in front. It's like they, they get that goal and now it's a psychological thing. And, and I've seen it with, with like these sides that struggle season in, season out, that you get into that position and then suddenly, it, you know, freeze, let the other side back into it and, and game over. And the main reason they're doing that is they just continually give up um, goals through defensive errors. They're not even making sides work hard to break them down and score goals against them. And we saw that again against, against Bournemouth. Um, just dithering at the back, allowing the sides to break through, get in and allowing free runs into the box as well. Both goals come from a similar situation. Just just absolutely shocking. Made me look into that Forest game in a little bit more detail just to see, you know, in the cold light of day, really, what, what it was about. And when you look at it, three of those four goals came from shots outside the box. 
that's that's a high ratio. They don't normally all go in like that. One was a deflection. One was a direct free kick. One was a decent strike. And then the fourth goal was a, a flick from Dakar cross, but kind of behind him, and he and he kind of back flicked it between his legs and in, didn't he? So high tariff goals, we'll call them. And um, so that's that's not sustainable over the course of the season. You don't get them given up. Their xG was one point three two in that game, although they scored four goals. And the the breakdown on the goals was zero point zero six, zero point zero six, zero point zero nine, and zero point one seven. So as I said, sorry to bore you there, Nigel, with the xG stuff, but that was just yeah, like showed you it was absolutely just going to write just going to IKEA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on from that but anyway this this one should suit uh you know uh should suit palace leicester always good for a goal but defensively against this palace side they've got some fantastic forward options then i think they're in severe trouble and palace for me are in a, in a false position that they're, they're 15th in the table they're only three points above the drop um but the three games that they've lost against size all in the top four. Lost against Arsenal on the open day of the season. Lost against Man City. I haven't given them a real scare. They obviously went two up. Could have been three up. That contentious goal that got disallowed. Um, and then obviously also lost to Chelsea as well. So no real shame in any of those defeats. Against the sides in and around them, proved too good. Beat Leeds last week. Beat Villa comfortably a few weeks ago. Very good draw against uh, Newcastle away. Very good draw against Liverpool away. Um, and also we're unlucky not to beat um, Brentford because equalising the 88th minute. So Ezer, Zaha is, again, having a great season. Elise, all fit, firing. I think they're going to absolutely have a field day against this like absolutely shambolic Leicester defence. Edouard's got that number nine role again, so he's looking in, in decent nick too. I think Ayu's a bit underrated. He's a bit of a workhorse that kind of allows the other players to express themselves and works hard, creates the space. The key thing, keep Madison quiet. And this this one's home and hose, I think. Decore is that player, I think, will be quite key in this, although he's not one of the flair players. Sit on Madison, keep him quiet, and uh, stop uh, Leicester ticking. But um, absolutely, I think on a plus handicap, so we'll get a profit even if we get the draw out of this game. I'm all over it. And the final thing I'd just like to say is because I know Leicester have banned it, Happy birthday to Zach Rogers because he's not allowed to have his birthday announced. <laughs> I saw in the papers yesterday. Happy birthday, Zach Rogers. Yeah, that that is mad. For for those that maybe don't know that story over in the States that haven't read it, some Leicester fans were sending in birthday requests uh, for the big screen uh, to be shown at halftime with the name Zach Rogers. What was the other one? There was it Brenda Nout was another yeah, one as well. Brenda Nout. And so as a result, Leicester have banned that this weekend and have refunded everybody that genuinely uh, wanted a message. And, uh, paid for it. Yeah. And just one thing I want to add to that um, about that game is that, I mean, when Leicester won the Premier League title back in 2015, 2016 season, I made probably some of the best money that I've ever had in soccer betting getting with Leicester because the market never, ever accepted that they were a title contending side. So they would go to places like Aston Villa on a Monday night, for example, and you'd be able to bet them at plus 150. Uh, whereas if a Tottenham side or a Chelsea were chasing for the title at the time, would go, they'd be minus $2. The market never, ever, ever expected Leicester to win. And when we got past Christmas time, it got even stronger. They were drifting. They were getting big, big prices every time because they were, the, the, the public money were just saying that the bubble has to burst. It's amazing now because what's happened at Leicester is exactly the same, but in role reversal. The market loves them. They're, they're being priced up mm. on low all the time because they're saying they're too good to get get beat. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're good players. They've got a good manager. They're, they'll come good at some stage. 
Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just have, you know, sometimes. And I look at the Leicester side and Jamie Vardy in particular. Just sometimes players who rely so heavily on pace, just a literary finish overnight. And Vardy looks no, nothing, doesn't he? I mean, from when you think how consistent he was in the Premier League and how, you know, how bullish I was of his chance at the start of the season to, to continue that run. Just look, look, looks like he's lost a yard of pace. Confidence has gone. And that could happen with Leicester. And it could be that in 2015-16, you were getting so much value to be with them. Now, when they're playing the lesser likes in the Premier League, they're being priced up as though they're a top six side. And they're not. They're a bottom six side and bottom three side on merit rather than the, rather than any misfortune along the way. Yeah, interesting point. Really good stuff. Uh, Nigel, um, let's come back to you then for the next pick. It involves Chelsea, who were mentioned uh, just a few moments ago. They take on Aston Villa. I'm surprised a little bit by the price on this one. It could be my my lack of knowledge, but I'm surprised at this one. And I can understand why you've gone for it as a result. So tell us a little bit about it. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, if you can understand why I've gone for it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, the jury's true. out on that. I don't have to kiss a death, really, Jack, when Harry turns around and says, I, I, I agree with you on this. <laughs> oh, God. I might skip, skip this one. I'll change it. Go somewhere else. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, okay, the bet, the bet I like here is obviously, we start with Chelsea. And when Chelsea sacked Thomas Tuchel, I thought to myself, it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. It was, uh, you know, obviously the man had done so well defensively, shored up the defence, he won the Champions League and he made them very, very hard to beat. I thought that the, it, it was a wrong decision from the board. And when Graham Potter won, went there, I've, I've said on this show and I've said on other shows, I'm a huge, everyone is a huge fan of Graham Potter, but I just didn't think it would be the right move for him at this stage of his career at the wrong club. I was wrong. I mean, he's gone there. He's he ch- he changed into an Armani model when he turns up on, the, you know, this is stuff. What, he, he's, got, what, he's living on the King's Road. He's got a bit of swagger about him now, man. You know what I mean? He's he's walking around. He's a big lad. He's walking around town. He feels a million dollars. He, he's, he's got he's got it going on. And uh, he looks like he's absolutely at home at Chelsea. Nothing's faced him. When you consider where he's come from in his career to go there, it's an amazing achievement. And he's been in charge for five games. They've unbeaten in five. They should have won all five. I mean, the only game that they didn't win was a 1-1 draw against Salzburg where they scored in the 93rd minute or 94th minute or something, something late on like that. But he's really got them playing. Um, he's got the defence rock solid. And I mean, they they look really rock solid. Two against two games against AC Milan. I know they're helped by a sending off uh, in the in the San Siro in the last match. Uh, but... Um, they, they they absolutely toyed them. They they they, they schooled them. They, they didn't they didn't get the ball in both games. So they look really 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 good. Uh, and I think Abamyang, as I said last week, is a brilliant sign. I think he'll get you goals. And once you've got that Chelsea defence going, they're very very hard to break down, as we've seen. They've got options at centre half now. You know they're not reliant on on the other of the two the two uh, aging players. They've got some options in the in the defensive positions. Chilwell's come back as well, which is good offensively as well as defensively. So I like Chelsea defensive unit at the moment. And Aston Villa, a, a side that I expected to do really really well this season, I, I thought they could possibly break into the top eight. I bet them quite heavily to finish in the top half. They've been terrible. They've been really, really poor. And they've been really poor from a, from an offensive situation. I mean, they haven't looked like scoring many goals. They've been rolled. The last three matches they played have been really, really dull matches. Leeds, not the Forest, Southampton, all three of them. Nil-nil, 1-1, 1-0. Dull, dull games. And um, I worry about Villa. And, and, and I worry about Steven Gerrard. He just looks like a manager who just thinks to himself, I'm, I'm not really, I'm just going through the motions here at the time. So I think Chelsea will win. 
And obviously Chelsea to win are very low. I think they're like minus 150 or minus one. I can't remember. I think it's minus 145 or something like that to win, which is a low price to take on a road team in the Premier League. You know, I, when you see minus money, you, you, I always think to myself, you know, unless it's Man City, I wouldn't be rushing to bet anybody at minus money in the Premier League. But uh, they're minus money to win. But I think given how strong Chelsea have been defensively, four clean sheets in their last five matches, um, sorry, three clean sheets in the last five matches. The last three games have all been clean sheets. And given how Aston Villa just aren't creating chances, aren't looking like scoring, uh, and have problems putting the ball in the back of the net, I like Chelsea to win to nil here at two to one. It's it's two to one. Um, it, if Chelsea are going to win, I think, which we, we expect them probably to win, I, I would expect them to win one or two nil. I wouldn't expect it to be a three-two, three-one thriller. Um so with that in mind, I, instead of taking the low odds on Chelsea, which I wouldn't advise, I think have a, I think the bet would be to bet Chelsea to win to nil at a much more enticing two to one. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, Jack, let's come back to you. Uh, standout game of the weekend, no question about it on paper. Anyway, Manchester City take on Liverpool. What have you got for us here? Yeah, well, I am going to take a side away from home um, at minus money. Man City. I, to win I, I, minus... did say, I did say any other time. No, you I've did. City, you did. I mean... You did. And I'm also going to refer to someone else. So I have been listening. I'm going to refer back to someone else that you said earlier. And I actually had it written down here is that um, Leicester being regarded as a as a kind of better side than what they're doing. If if this Man City side were playing against a side that were tenth in the table and were struggling and conceding lots of goals. Under a different name than Liverpool, they wouldn't be minus 129. They'd be a lot, lot skinnier than that. So um, we know Liverpool have got talent going forward, that's without doubt. But um, this game, obviously, we're used to seeing as being, a, you know, the top two going head to head, a battle for the title, a massive like, swing factor as to who's going to get over the line. Obviously, a slightly different context to it this uh, this week. Um, it's certainly a must win for me for Liverpool. Uh, 13 points behind Man City going into this game and of course could be 17 points off the top um, if Arsenal win their game which kicks off a couple of hours prior to this one so that's a huge huge gap and if they don't close that come um, the the end of this game against um, um, Man City then they're effectively if they're not already written out of the title then you can effectively write them out of it I say I think a few people got quite excited obviously Nigel weren't one of them but a few people got quite excited by uh, that um, Rangers result last night um, scoring seven goals away from home Um, but it was one of those that it was quite close quite tight I think wasn't it until like half time Rangers probably missed a couple of chances to to get extend the lead and then just completely fell apart to like 3-1 I actually that the room and came back and went, what, what the hell's happened here? I felt like I've been gone for like an hour. There was like suddenly like four goals come out of nowhere. But um, yeah, I think this is obviously a completely different fixture for Liverpool um, taking on taking on uh, Man City. But one thing that they certainly have done consistently, Liverpool, is concede the first goal. They did it again, Rangers, last night. And they've uh, only scored the opener once in the Premier League this season themselves. Um, and obviously there was a nil-nil in there as well. So all the other times... They've um, they've conceded first. Uh, they obviously conceded first against Arsenal last time out in the opening minute. Um, they, they were two down in 17 minutes against uh, against Brighton in their last home game. Um, if, if they do that against this Man City side, if they give them those early chances, this game will be over and done with by the time they're finished singing "You'll Never Walk Alone." It'll be it'll be carnage. They'll be gone. 
Um, but, so they're just conceding too many goals as well. That, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold's out, Matip's out. Um, obviously, the jury's out as far as like Trent at this moment in time with his form, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, Robinson's coming back. Obviously, Robertson's come back from from injury. Um, and this ain't a game to be going into against this City forward line when you're not 100% fit and you're not 100% on form, which, of course, then brings us on to um, Virgil van Dijk, who has been struggling massively and coming under a lot of pressure at the back and obviously now has a massive challenge in the fact that he's going to be up against certain Erlen Haaland. So not good. You assume Gomez is going to come in and replace um, Trent on the on the right-hand side. Um, Martinelli had him on toast last week. You think there's a mistake in Gomez a lot of the time. Um, and again, this whoever plays for this Man City side, um, they're, they're going to have a field day, I think, against, against Liverpool. So expect City um, City to do the same. Obviously, they conceded three goals, Liverpool now, in the last two games, the Arsenal one and the Brighton one. Um, and, and you assume they're going to just throw up lots and lots of chances here again. City will score plenty of goals. Um, will Klopp go with that 4-4-2 formation again that he's, that he's used the last couple of games? If he does. Against them. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, the midfield is is just not able to compete with, with with this city midfield. It needs help in there. If he exposes it, uh, the defense which needs help is going to be wide open. It'll be carnage. As I said, it uh, it could be any kind of scoreline. And obviously, city rotated to the max against um, Copenhagen during the week. Um, obviously, Holland stayed on the bench for the full game. Didn't get on, so he's got a little bit of freshness back in his legs, like he needs it. 15 goals already in the Premier League this season. So absolutely sensational stuff. Foden was on the bench as well, wasn't he? Bernardo Silva, they came on for little cameos at the end. De Bruyne and Greedish came off with 15 minutes to go. So uh, I think they never got out of second gear in that game, but they still could have won it. Obviously, a disallowed goal and a missed penalty, and uh, and, and they would have done. But 33 goals so far this season from City, averaging thirty point, sorry 3.67 per game. Incredible stats. Three or more goals scored in seven of the nine league fixtures. It all points towards them absolutely having a field day here. And, and can Liverpool outscore them? I just can't see it. And one stat that sticks in my mind here is the fact that even when Liverpool over the last two or three, four seasons have been on it, they still haven't beaten Man City in the Premier League in their last five attempts. So this Liverpool side that looks all over the place at the moment, unless they can find something from somewhere, I just can't see them getting any kind of positive result against Man City. So I'm prepared to take City on here at minus 129. As I said, if they were against another side, that would be, be a different price. So uh, I'm, I, I like the price. I'll take it. Nigel, with this being the headline fixture of the weekend, have you, have you got any thoughts on this one? I know you haven't got an official play. I did, but... I did like... I did like um... Man City, I did, and uh, Jack sort of sort of mentioned the, the the points why. The only reason I I probably didn't pull the trigger, really, I had reservations about putting a trigger, is I just don't think Man City have to win it. Really, I know I, I just I think Liverpool have, have got to put in a performance. I know that there's they've got to do it, but I just feel that um, you know I, I, it looks one of them bets that it looks too good to be true. When I saw minus one twenty five, I mm. thought that's too good to be true, and I just sometimes when I see these bets like that, I think to myself, should I leave it or should I? Should I? It's one of them ones on Monday morning. I look at it and say to myself, if I bet it and it loses, I say, why did I bet it? And if I don't bet it, and I say, why didn't I bet it? So when you get that kind of thought process, the best thing to do is to, to leave it alone. Mm. But I do think Jack's right. I think Liverpool. Um, I think Liverpool are well worth taking on defensively. They're all over the place, and one team could just absolutely destroy them. Again, I would probably go for goals. 
I'd probably go for the neutral angle and look for over three and a half goals because I can't see this game not producing goals. Liverpool have to take the game to Man City and try to try to score and create problems. And, and Man City are too good to be kept quiet. So I'd probably go for goals over three and a half. Cool. Good stuff. Uh, those are all our picks. Let's have a quick roundup of what the guys have gone for today. Uh, so mm. Nigel has gone uh, for Wolves versus Nottingham Forest under two and a half goals at minus 125. And in a separate play, he's gone for that famous old Wolves <laughs> to be drawing at halftime. That's at plus 120. He's also gone for over two and a half goals at minus 117 in the game between Fulham and Bournemouth. And he's gone for Chelsea to beat Aston Villa to nil. That's at plus 200. Jack's gone with uh, the same bet as Nigel in the Wolves-Forest game, the first bet anyway, under two and a half goals at minus 125. He's gone for Manchester City to beat Liverpool in that Super Sunday showdown at minus 129. And he's gone for Crystal Palace uh, plus 0.25 against Leicester. That one's at minus 112. You can see at the moment in terms of the uh, profit and loss, uh, we're on minus uh, 0.32 in terms of our units, but we're slowly working our way back. And uh, it won't be long before we're back towards the top of the Next week. Next week, yeah, next week we'll go. be back in profit. And the reason yeah. I couldn't have the um, Wolves Forest halftime draw is because that is a trademarked, patented Nigel Seeley bet. Exactly. So exactly. unable to play. Exactly. Yeah. Nigel's been laying down the law in the WhatsApp groups. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, guys, make sure that you're subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network. There's lots of cracking content coming your way, covering a variety of leagues, but a variety of sports as well. Uh, so if you are a sports betting fan, make sure you are subscribed to the network. If you're listening on audio, make sure you're subscribed there. Make sure you leave us a review. Follow the guys on social media. Their handles will be in the description. And make sure you follow uh, the general handle looked after by all the handicappers at Because We Win because we win. Uh, we'll be back next time with more. Until then, take care of yourselves and good luck this weekend. All the best. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 